Welcome to Holy Smoke, the Spectator's Religion podcast. I'm Damien Thompson. This summer marks the 70th anniversary of the foundation of the NHS, which Nigel Lawson once famously described as the closest thing that the British have got to a national religion. And the way the celebrations are shaping up, it looks as if he was right. Religion itself is celebrating the NHS with a degree of reverence that very few bodies would be afforded. For example, the Catholic Cathedral in Liverpool is marking a choral evensong prayer for the 70th anniversary of the NHS, which will, we can be sure, treat the NHS almost as God's representative on earth and the people who work for it as secular saints. This is not to be rude about the NHS, but to ask, are we too reverential? too religious in our attitude to what's basically a public service. And I'm joined by Dr. Max Pemberton, who's a Daily Mail columnist and a doctor working in the NHS, and Freddie Gray, The Spectator's deputy editor. Max, do you come across this, I use the word reverential, attitude towards the NHS? What I mean is that it's almost regarded as beyond criticism, as, for example, the church might have been in previous centuries. And one thing I do notice is that churchmen, particularly the left liberal variety, and that's the overwhelming majority of them, tend to lower their voices solemnly and respectfully when they talk about the NHS and the people who work for it, all of whom are absolutely marvellous, and anybody who criticises it or suggests an alternative model of supplying healthcare is deeply suspect. Do you encounter that? You're somebody who has to work in this organisation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think... For me, it's quite difficult because actually I don't particularly care about the NHS, which is almost a kind of you know heretical thing to say. But uh, you know, for me, and and I think I think objectively we should all view it like this. It's just a system of delivering healthcare, and as far as I'm concerned, if somebody can come up with a better system, then it only makes sense to go with that. I I happen to think that actually the model that the NHS uses is actually very efficient. I think it's efficient, I think it's kind of equitable, and so in that sense I I think we've kind of stumbled across currently one of the best systems that there is probably to deliver healthcare. I don't think many other countries have kind of managed to kind of get much better. However, if somebody was to come and say, well actually I've come up with a, a better system, well of course we should ditch the NHS immediately and we should move to that system because actually, you know, it, it doesn't it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the system is called. And I suppose the, the difficulty that I have is that because of this like reverential nature with, with which people view the NHS, it, it kind of stifles any kind of criticism. And I don't mean that in a necessarily negative way, but any kind of critiquing of the current system we have, any kind of finessing or tweaking of it, because then it's immediately considered, oh, you're attacking the NHS, and that's a kind of a dreadful, heinous thing to do. How did it acquire this sacred reputation? How did, you know, Nye Bevan become St Nye? And why is criticism of the NHS treated almost as if it were blasphemy? Is there something in its history that explains that? Well, well, I I think that what's happened is over time, you know, what what should just be an apolitical delivery system for healthcare has actually become highly politicised. And I think that the kind of left liberal political ideology has aligned itself very much and very strongly with the NHS. And therefore, kind of counter to that, anybody that's considered to be anti-NHS or critiquing it in any way or in any way kind of trying to evaluate it objectively is immediately kind of painted as being right-wing and being kind of, you know... Neoliberal. 
yeah, kind of, yeah, near liberal, kind of very anti the state in some way. And so we've got this kind of, and it's a really artificial distinction, but actually, and, and the thing that upsets me is that it kind of, because you're, if you're, if you critique the NHS, you're considered to be right wing and therefore bad or inhumane or cruel in some way. You know, I think on on many levels, it comes down to very complex political partisan ideas. Well, my my own experiences with the NHS have so far been overwhelmingly positive, but I remember how irritated I was by bits of the Olympic opening ceremony, which to me seemed to be an example of almost the, the English worshipping themselves, as it were, and especially the NHS, which I don't, I don't, I'm not sure it was good for the NHS. Freddie, how did, how did it strike you? That opening ceremony for the yeah. Olympics? Danny Boyles. I thought Boyles. it was, thought it was madness. <laughs> and what I found was very odd was that everybody said afterwards, wasn't that wonderful? And I thought it was awful. It was packed with strange cliches. And, you know, but the history of England, according to Danny Boyle, was that we were a sort of hobbit-like people, and then immigration happened, and then suddenly the NHS came rising out of the floor of the whatever stadium it was. And I think it's a kind of madness, it's a kind of religion. But that said, I actually think it's good that the NHS is a religion, because if you don't have the NHS a religion, it doesn't work. As someone who spent a few Saturday nights with my son in A&E recently, these people are secular saints. They're dealing with absolutely impossible situations. They're tra- often talking to people who don't speak English, they have to demonstrate the patience of a saint uh, every day and every night in A&E. And I think if you don't have that sort of religious atmosphere to the NHS, then it doesn't work. Well, you see, I'm not convinced, simply because I have experience of, unfortunately, I've got experience of visiting someone in a private dementia home. And my goodness, the people who work in that are, in my, some of them certainly secular saints. I'm astonished by the level of commitment. And they've got nothing to do with the NHS. Perhaps it's just What worries me a, a little bit is that some people who work in the NHS who aren't necessarily very good at their jobs think that they're charged with a mission and that, in a way, they're beyond criticism simply because they're contributing to the common good in a self-sacrificing way. Although lo- lots of them actually are just paid to sit behind a desk. But then, well, I, I suppose the, the difference between the private sector and the and the NHS, or the kind of distinction that's implied within it, is that you do the NHS not really for profit. The idea is that it's not for profit, you know. And obviously, people are still being paid, but there's an idea that within that system, it's for like the good of the people, rather than in order to get profits for a shareholder. Whereas the private sector, we know deep down, the reason they want to make sure you're having a nice time is because you're paying them, and you're paying them in order to you know, please their shareholders and so on and so on. It's the, the economics. And of course, you know, in reality, the NHS is paid for by all of us but through taxation and so on and so on. But there's something slightly more grubby about the kind of the way that the money flows within the private sector compared to the NHS. And I think people also have an, an instinctive sense of what American healthcare is like. So, you know, if you go to America and you watch the adverts on TV, you see these extraordinarily long adverts with incredibly long disclaimers, legal insurance disclaimers afterwards, and it seems like a kind of madness about healthcare. And I think a lot of people feel it's a blessed sense of relief that the NHS well, spares It's one of the reasons, because I get older, one of the reasons I would feel nervous. I know you've lived and worked in America. I feel nervous about living and working in America because I'm just so bloody terrified of their healthcare system. And the cost, the possible cost if you get it wrong. Yeah. And, and that was where Bevan kind of came in. You know, he was with the whole thing about the NHS was in place of, of fear. That was the idea, you know, and, and I think that, that that does run through the NHS 
still that there's this idea that you know if you don't have a nationalized healthcare system that actually large swathes of the population live in fear and actually for me that is inherently quite undemocratic because you've got a whole cohort of the populace who are actually very preoccupied around their health rather than kind of engaging in the democratic process and that was his whole idea was that you know actually we need a national health service because people should be free from that in order to you know kind of move on in their lives. One of the things I noticed, because I'm involved in writing about religion, is the extraordinary awe, deferential awe, with which the churches talk about the NHS. I suspect that this service in Liverpool Cathedral is going to be pretty ghastly, and I can't help suspecting that by worshipping the NHS themselves, the churches are, if you like, abnegating their own responsibility to provide pastoral care. And making not only people who work in the NHS feel good about themselves, but actually making themselves feel good about what are often failing ministries. Does that make any sense to you, Freddie? I think so. I think, well, in in the sense that the churches can't really get people to believe in God. So what they'll do is they'll say, look, we believe in the NHS too, and we can worship that together. So that's what I think that's what happens there, and that's probably what that service... Now, that, that makes a lot of sense. But, then, but, but, aren't the, but I suppose... I, I, I like how I'm now defending the NHS, having said I don't care about it. <laughs> <laughs> but as in, as in the founding principles of the NHS are, I think, very, particularly Judeo-Christian. You know, they are very... You know, I, I can see how they totally would I, resonate. I agree, with, I agree. With kind of, you know, uh, religious doctrine. Because, you know, it is about fairness and, and being equitable and treating everybody the same. And so in that sense, I can, I can see, I mean, I think you're right. I think it's weird. You know, I think it's like strange that, for example, they're not doing it about the police force, for example, or about sort of other public servants. It's strange that they picked on the NHS. But I can see from a religious perspective why I might then sort of think, well, actually, this organisation resonates very strongly with our kind of ideology. Well, it seems to me that not only is it dangerous to criticise the NHS. Do you remember when Dan Hannan went on American TV and suggested that there might be better ways of running mm-hmm. a health service, and he really was you know, burnt at the stake by commentators. But also, it's difficult for people like me, who support the NHS, and it does come down to, do you support it or not? And my answer would be yes, to praise it, because I am actually very reluctant to join forces with all those other public institutions, such as the churches, and especially the BBC, whose attitude towards the NHS is so uncritical and so pious, for want of a better word. And it, it, I, I suppose for me as a scientist, what I don't like about it is the kind of idea that you aren't allowed to critique something, you aren't allowed to throw up a question about something, because actually we should be constantly reevaluating it like we do with any other system or treatment or anything else. It should be up for kind of cron- constant scrutiny and analysis and reanalysis. And actually, this is one of my concerns: is that I think because of the kind of kind of way that it's it's that the NHS is infiltrated into the collective consciousness, you know, there's this idea of like you absolutely you even to just do research into is there a better system? What could that be? If you know if ever I write anything about like, you know, well why don't we you know try and take this from this country or what about this idea? Immediately people are like, you can't criticize the NHS. It, it's, and that that's what worries me. It's like, well why shouldn't we there should be no sacred cows here. Why can't we criticize or, or the or NHS if, or, or even if you try and introduce a more statist NHS, people say you're a free market extremist and you're trying to bring it down through heightening the contradictions or yes. something. So that's, that is a sort of religious mentality, isn't it, to criticism? Yeah. And as I say, you know, I come from a position of thinking that 
you know, having looked at all the different kind of systems that are available, I kind of think it's probably one of the best. There's some that are also quite good, but, you know, I think I think it kind of bumbles along and works relatively well. But that doesn't mean that some bright spark somewhere might not come up with, you know, a way of tweaking something or changing it. I currently, I, I think actually a lot of the changes that have taken place have been unhelpful and haven't worked and have actually made things worse. But that doesn't mean that somebody somewhere won't come up with an idea that doesn't actually make things much better. Well, I'm, I'm very struck by the fact that there's a sort of policing of ideological boundaries, which sounds to me a little bit like policing of dogmatic boundaries, almost as if the NHS had its own congregation for the doctrine of the faith. You're not allowed to say this or that. And actually, in the wider world of political correctness, which is, of course, enormously and uncritically supported in the NHS, you're not allowed to say many, many things. And, and I think that's actually inherited from the American Puritan tradition. So I think the overlap between religion and public administration is not entirely fanciful. But, but I think it's so strange that it's particularly doctors, I mean, also and nurses and so on and so on, but, you know, doctors, if you speak out and sort of say you know let's you know these are what's this is what's wrong with the nhs and we should change it and this is how we should change it doctors are part of that kind of policing of that dogma and yet actually in every other aspect of our working lives we are expected to constantly critique things you know if i just sort of sat and said well we're going to do this particular operation we always do it this way so we're just going to do it this way forever you know that's really bad medicine we should be constantly reevaluating things that's what you're taught at medical school and it seems quite bizarre that within the NHS we're supposed to be constantly re-evaluating stuff and questioning things and yet the NHS itself we're not allowed to ever touch. Well one good thing is that certain people will be crosser with even having this discussion. Max Pemberton, Freddie Gray, thanks very much indeed. <laughs>